welcome to the When's My Time podcast. I'm Ozzy Air, founder of whensmytime.com, and I aim to be your boss's worst nightmare. Well, it's Friday the 2nd of September 2016, and I owe you an apology. I've been rather absent of late, haven't I? I aim to record one of these every day, every weekday that is, Monday through Friday, and I've rather fallen down on the job, haven't I? I've... uh, Shall we just say that life's rather gotten in the way over the past few days? And, um, well, yeah, I've uh, let you down on that score. But I'm going to try and make it up to you. This may well not be the only episode that I record today, but let's see how we go with this one first, shall we? So, I was talking a few days ago to somebody about the whole when's my time thing, the the philosophy behind it. Philosophy, that's... uh, a little bit uh, strong, isn't it, for, for anything? Uh, uh, let's let's see. Yeah, let's get a bit ph- philosophical. And anybody who knows me is going to laugh at that because they'll tell you that I'm a man of hidden shallows. Um, so <laughs> philosophical is probably a strong word to use in this case. But but let, let's stick with it for the time being. Anyway, I was talking to somebody the other day and telling them the story about how I came to to decide to change my life back in 2010. And it's a story I've told hundreds if not thousands of times not just here on the podcast but i talk to people about it i've recorded videos about it i talk about it on my website at whensmytime.com and the story that i tell is that i spent 12 years in a job i hated followed by 20 years in a job i merely tolerated now when i say the 20 years in a job that i merely tolerated i, I must stress that the people i work with in that job I actually really rather liked. I, I got on well with, but the actual job, not so much. But the story I tell is how I spent that 32 years in corporate life and I missed out on my kids growing up and their teen years. And, and all of that is true, but it's only part of the truth as to why I made the decision that I made or how I came to make the decision that I made back in 2010. You see, around about that time, in fact, just a few weeks before, and if, you, if you're not familiar with the story, I'll just tell it very quickly because you can find it here on other podcasts. I was sitting on the 12th of August, Thursday the 12th of August 2010, and I remember the date uh, quite clearly. I was sitting on a, a remote Umbrian hillside. Umbria is in the centre of Italy. It, in fact, it's not too far away from where that dreadful earthquake happened uh, just a, a week or so ago in Amatrici. I was sitting on a hillside we were down there for a couple of weeks. We'd driven down there from the UK. Uh, we had our little dog with us, and that's why we drove down. We'd driven down from the UK, taken a few days to get down, and then we took a few days. So all in all, we're away for about three weeks. But it was the Thursday evening before we were to, due to drive back to the UK come that weekend. And we'd had the most perfect time. We really had a wonderful time. And I sat there on this perfect evening on the end of this most perfect day and just everything now I, i'm not a believer in the universal lining i know some people are and if, if that's you that's great i'm not trying to disabuse you of your, disabuse you of that but i'm not a believer in that i'm a believer in coincidence but nothing more than that but it felt as though everything came together at that one point because we were sat out on this terrace of this tiny cottage that we'd we'd uh, rented out for a couple of weeks and we were looking down this valley there's a warm dark night just above us the, there was the milky way twinkling away it was the time of the perseid showers the 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 meteor shower that happens every year around that time in fact i think they call it in italy saint lawrence's tears or san lorenzo's tears 
and but we were looking down the valley and in the far far distance on a hillside probably about 20 miles away with the lights of a cc twinkling my words aren't going to do it justice it was just such a wonderful evening and a, a thought hit me like a thunderbolt i turned to carol and said look next week when i'm back at work i go to the back of the queue to the back of the line for my own time Everybody else, everybody else gets a prior call. They get to say what I do with my day. And I only get to play with what's left. And I'm not really prepared to do that anymore. Now, that is all true. Everything, every single word of that is true that I've just told you. About 32 years in jobs that firstly I hated and then tolerated. And about the holiday and about where we sat and about the date. Everything about that is true. But the bit that I, I mention sometimes but don't major on is the fact that just a few weeks prior to that, my mother had died. And uh, that was still fairly raw with me. My father had died some years earlier, but at the age of what was I then? I was 52. I became an orphan a lot later than a heck of a lot of people I know. So I was very fortunate to have them as long as that. At the time, I didn't feel too fortunate. Not only that, but several of our friends of a similar age and even younger than us, within a period of just a few months, were diagnosed with cancer, two of whom we've sadly lost since then. And what had hit me at that point, and it was something that I knew before, but it's not really understood. And I, I talk a lot about knowing things and understanding things. In fact, I might come back to that later. It may result in another podcast. But I understood then perfectly that what we have now is temporary. We, we have only a limited number of days on this earth. This lifetime, as far as I'm aware, is a one-off. Now, you may believe in a life after death. Again, personally, I, I don't. But if you do, I, that's great. I love the fact that you can take comfort in that. But I don't. And I believe that this is the one shot that I have. And it was that wake-up call to my own mortality, that I'd lost my mother. My father used to have a phrase when um, anyone of his acquaintance died, who was in probably a slightly older age bracket, was that I'm moving up to the front rank now. And I, I really had a feeling that I was sort of moving up to becoming an orphan at 52. I had a feeling that, hey, I'm moving up to the front rank now. And I haven't the time left to, to waste. I've wasted too many years. I've wasted 12 years in a job I hated, hated, and 20 years in a job I merely tolerated. Now, that is not fulfilling my side of the bargain. I've been given this gift of a life. Uh, and again, I'll talk about this another time because it's, it's a miraculous thing, this life that we have. The chances of us actually being born are so infinitesimally small that we could have been anybody else <laughs> you know it was far more likely for us to be somebody else than the person that we are and again I'll, I, that'll be, be another podcast but we have an absolute duty to wring and rinse every bit of life out of this allotted time span that we have and it was that realization it was that realization that this is not a rehearsal we get this one shot at this. And if we don't get it right this time around, we don't get it right. 
It was that realisation that made me say, hang on a minute, what are you messing about at, man? You've got to pull yourself together. You've got to get your act together and say, look, I'm not doing this anymore because this is a waste of my allotted time on this earth. And that can't be right for anybody, not just for me, but for anybody. If I'm not being the best person I can be, if I'm not doing the stuff that I'm supposed to do, the stuff that I want to do and living the life that I'm supposed to live, I'm not only shortchanging me, I'm shortchanging everybody. Now, that might sound awfully arrogant. I don't mean it from that point of view. I want to be the best service that I can to other people because, and again, it's something we've talked about before and it's, a, it's something my friend Sam talks about a lot. It's significance. Significance is the issue here. And it's building that significance. When you're gone, what are people going to remember you by? Now, I don't mean that in any sort of morbid or mawkish way at all. This, to me, was the most enlivening thought that I'd ever had. It was this realisation that, hey, get on with it. And so I decided on that night, back in 2010, August the 12th, that I was going to make those changes, that I wasn't going to live my life that way anymore. I didn't know what the changes were. And I can tell you, I was scared out of my wits and exhilarated, a bit like a, a, a ride to a theme park or something, you know, a, a fairground that you get on and you know you're going to enjoy it and you know it's quite safe, but it still frightens the living daylights out of you so you can enjoy it at the same time. Yeah, it's sort of that exhilaration feeling. As I drove back from Italy, all those miles, I mean, what is it? I don't know. 1,200 miles? I, I can't remember exactly what it was. I think we did about 3,500 miles during that couple of weeks. But all the way back, I was so excited about the, the journey that Leia had that I f sort of forgot that the holiday was coming to an end. Normally, I mean, I can tell you that normally, in the old days, when I was getting to the end of a, a break, when I was getting anywhere near the day of departure, coming home, a black mood would descend upon me. And that black mood would descend upon me because I knew I was going back to that that servitude, that um, that corporate slavery. No, slavery is too strong a word because it wasn't slavery. But th th those shackles uh, that bind you. Now, this time, I was excited to go back because I knew, I knew this was the start of an adventure for me. I didn't know where that adventure was going to lead. And I'll be honest, it's six years later. And I'm still surprised by some of the side turns that I take but I'm loving every minute of it. Now, one of the things that, <laughs> that, that, that after that conversation, so we're going back to the conversation that I had and I explained all this to this person that it wasn't just the fact that I hated the job for 12 years and it wasn't just the fact that I'd been in a job for 20 years that, that my clients owned my time. My, my colleagues, I loved them, but my clients owned my time and it was they who dictated what I did with my day. Some clients were fine, others not so much. Anyway, I was having this conversation and the words of a song came back to me. Now, and, and this is where I get even shallower. But I don't know if you're familiar, you must be familiar with Flaming Lips, uh, Wayne Coyne. I mean, they were, I mean, they're a big band. They were huge a few years ago, though. But there's a song that comes to mind called Do You Realise? And there's just a few lines in that song. I'm, I'm, go I'm actually going to read those lines out. I hope I'm not breaking any copyright. Good Lord. Uh, full credit to whoever owns this, but it's just the, these words came, came to mind after this conversation. And it's... do you, I, I, I'm never any good at reading lyrics. I'm sorry about this, so I apologise in advance. But it, they're important. They're important. Okay, so try and see through my 
very poor delivery of this. So it's, do you realise that everyone you know someday will die? And instead of saying all of your goodbyes, let them know you realise that life goes fast. It's hard to make the good things last. You realise the sun doesn't go down. It's just an illusion caused by the world spinning around. But the key bit of that is, everyone, you know, someday will die. And that includes you. Now, it's it's not a sad thing. It may seem a sad thing. It's not a sad thing if we just go on to do that next bit. Instead of saying all of your goodbyes, let them know that you realise that life goes fast and it's hard to make the good things last. So let's get on with it. Life does go fast. And I can tell you, the older you get, the faster it gets. I know now, I know now with almost absolute certainty, unless there is some miracle development in the next few years, that I now have more yesterdays than I have tomorrows. Doesn't scare me, though. The only thing that scares me about that is being able to get everything done that I want to do in time. And and this is going to come across as totally narcissistic, and it's not meant to. It's in earning the level of significance that I wish to earn before my day's done. Now, as I say, it sounds... Sad, it sounds morbid. It's not. It's not at all. Because I am so grateful, so grateful, that I've recognised that in time. Because there are a lot of people who don't. Do you remember I, I called this whole project quite deliberately, when's my time? Because that was a phrase that I used on that hillside to Carol. When's my time to do the things I want to do? When's my time to live the life I want to live? When's my time to become the person I I want to become. When's my time? You see, I was fortunate enough to realise to ask that question in my early 50s. A lot of people don't get to that question until much later in their life. And then the question changes subtly because the question then becomes, when was my time and how did I miss it? So as I'll say again at the end of this podcast, your time is now. It's the only time we have. There is only one day that we can have any effect on. Sure, we can plan for the future. What's gone is gone. We can't affect that. We can't change that. doesn't matter what's happened in your past life at all. The future, we can try to affect it, but we can only do that by what we do today. Today is the only day we have. I don't know whether you'll be listening to this on Friday the 2nd of September 2016, which is the date that I'm recording it, but on whatever date that it is, I'm asking you, resolve to make this the day you start to live your life on purpose. Look, I hope that's been of use to you. I hope you've, you'll excuse my uh, amateur philosophy there, but if you have enjoyed it, if it has been useful to you, tell other people about it. Tell as many people as you like about it. We don't want to keep this a secret. But also, head over to iTunes, hit subscribe, so that way you won't miss another episode. Leave me a review as well. Give me a bunch of stars. If you Look, the reason I ask you to do that, yes, as I've already told you, I'm a man of hidden shadows, and I will tell you, flattery will get you everywhere with me. But leave me a bunch of stars, leave me a review, tell me what you like best about it. 
the reason I ask you that is because that will help this podcast rise in the rankings and it will make it easier to be found. Now, as well as leaving me a review, if you'd like to talk to me directly, you can hit me up on Twitter, at Aussie Air. You can even email me, Aussie at whensmytime.com. Aussie at whensmytime.com. That's O-double-Z-Y or O-double-Z-Y, depending on where you're listening. O-double-Z-Y at whensmytime.com. Drop me an email. Tell me what you like about it. Tell me what you'd like me to cover in, in future episodes. Look, if you don't like it, tell me what you didn't like about it. Tell me how, how I can improve this, because this is for you. I want this to be of value to you. If you've got your own story to relate, if you've got your own version of that moment on the Italian hillside that I had, tell me about it. And look, with your permission, if you're happy about it, I may even feature it in a future podcast. Heck, I may even invite you for an interview. Are you up for that? Sounds good to me. I've been Ozier, founder of whensmytime.com, and I'm here to tell you, your time is now.